Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Kate. Welcome to episode nine of the Slightly Unstable podcast. Kate, how you been doing? I've been doing so super dandy. Yeah. Why is that? What you been doing? Because we saw Toto and Journey last night. Oh, did we? We did. We did. (laughs) Oh my God, it was incredible. I sang my heart out. Yeah. I sang my ass off. (laughs) <laughs> so we're both missing pieces. Um, and you didn't have much to begin with. So. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. All right. Okay, fine. That's how we're going to start. Great. Um, yeah, our family has been obsessed with Journey for as long as I can remember. I mean, ever, yeah. I mean, that's one of my parents' favorite bands, one of my favorite bands. Same you, Z's, you yeah. You love them as well. Um, and then our significant others have inherited that. Well, Hunter more so. Um, Hunter's always loved him. He's he does. He always loves loved that. Yeah, classic rock stuff. He does. That's true. Yeah. I didn't know specifically about Journey how much he loved them. Oh but yeah, Leah. It's one of her favorite bands of all time. Okay. And so we were super stoked uh, to go. Yeah. And it was incredible. And then Tono, who I look today hasn't been touring mm-hmm. back together for that long. They kind of reformed in like the mid two thousand tens. Okay. To do some touring, you know how those bands are though take like five or ten years off right um but they were phenomenal they were so good and they sang africa which is my favorite song in the world yeah you never know how like how bands you've never seen that are older like that because some of those bands age super well they're still phenomenal on stage and others are a little disappointing right so i was like well worst case scenario they play africa and it's worth it for that you know but they were outstanding last night yeah they were incredible um it was so good it was a great show yeah it was probably i yeah i was having a blast i was thinking my heart lung soul ass off. <laughs> everything <laughs> off yeah it was great leah had a blast i think everybody had a great time yeah everybody so did. um that was a lot of fun what else has been going on um well i had knee surgery that's why it's, we've been mia yeah sorry about that y'all we have <laughs> <laughs> yeah the podcast is taking a back seat because kate had a knee surgery and I've had a lot of stuff going on. Well, I, with like, and it would have else. taken so much for me to go up the stairs. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I say that like a week after surgery, I went to the Hawks game and oh. I crutched myself to the top of State Farm Arena. Yeah. And I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we haven't really had the mindset to. Yeah, we have not been able to make it work. Um, but I'm good. Yeah, I'm thriving. I'm bending my knee. Yeah. I'm. Getting bullied in therapy by my coworkers. Yeah, I was about to say, how's your rehab been? Is that it's been a doozy? Yeah, it's been a humbling experience. You had to taste of your own medicine. I haven't <laughs> quite, and literally, patients will be like, "Make her do the blah blah blah." Yeah, make her do the or what's your knee flexion? You need to yeah. measure that. You need make to her do this. No. She didn't have surgery on that. I don't know why you want her to <laughs> right. do that. But. Make her do a handstand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's how I feel. And then, um, life-wise, I've actually so I've hit. A peak in my therapy, not a peak. Um, I'm doing super freaking good with my anxiety. Cool. I know. Well, yes. we should get into more of that. I talked to Betty about it, um, and that was kind of well. So one of the things we realized, we talked about like a random kind of mini topic, mm-hmm. and it completely involved that like OCD loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like. That's so interesting, and it was one of those moments where she was like, this is a pattern, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because you know what it is, and she was like, what is it, and I was like, uh, and I was like, I'm obsessed over it, and she was like, yep, and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, but it's actually love when that happens because I can break it off in my mind because it makes sense, and there's a reason, and boom, right, Um. so there was like, we talked about that a little bit, and she was like, Does, is that like okay with you like how do you accept that and i was like no that's great i wish i i wish everything i could come down to that like one reason one trait whatever um and then otherwise or so here's an example so when one of the days like hunter was at the station and i was on crutches he couldn't drive blair was at our mother-in-law or my mother-in-law's and i was home alone by myself like all day and Obviously couldn't go anywhere. I was stuck in the house. Um, And I was really 
just antsy about it and I just felt like uncomfortable about it but I didn't know why mm-hmm. and Hunter was like you could just sit on the couch and watch Netflix like and it wasn't like I was worried about like being on crutches like that wasn't an issue um I was like I don't like I'm just gonna be home alone and I don't like it and I don't know it's just it's uncomfortable and Hunter was like just like settle in and it'll be fine so I realized a couple of days later I was feeling so uncomfortable because when like the first year after Blair was born and kind of up until I started going to therapy like this time last year or so those days were bad days those were scary days because then those thoughts would catch in my mind Mm -hmm. because I didn't have like a distraction I didn't have somebody to talk to it was just me by myself and so I didn't realize it till after the fact and I actually ended up having like the best day and I was just I mean I I watched Yellowstone and then I, I finished Bridgerton like I did all of this stuff and I realized I don't have to be worrying about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And my, in the back of my brain, part of my amygdala, <laughs> I was like nerding out and I totally caught it out. And Betty was like, yep, that's exactly where it's coming from. And I was like, science. <laughs> um, but that's, so that's why I was uncomfortable and mm-hmm. why I can pinpoint it. And I was like, well, that's pretty freaking awesome that like I can enjoy myself now, you know? And yeah. we had kind of talked about like, areas where I was I was quote unquote feeling bored and she was like that's not a bad feeling and she was like and it's actually good because long story short my brain was going constant like 24 yeah. 7 right. I was like my coping me- mechanism if it wasn't already like running rampant I would think of something to worry about yeah. or to think of something to think about you know go back through the rolodex of things to worry about <laughs> literally yeah and um and just like scan the next week like okay what do we got to prepare for and she was like I don't think you're bored in life you know when I was doing my like mini crisis she was like I think you just have to relearn how to be comfortable and quiet again yeah and um so I've been doing that I mean obviously I haven't had anything but downtime because of my knee and it's been really good I'm doing really good how are you doing good um man lots been going on since uh since we last talked um, or at least talked on the show. Right. <laughs> uh, we do talk otherwise. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had been putting in for some jobs mm-hmm. at, uh, some high schools and was kind of feeling down about it. Actually, the last time I had seen Betty, I was telling her I was feeling pretty discouraged about it because, um, it's a whole process to do that when you're an educator and you know, there's a whole, you know, rigmarole you go through. And I had gotten to the point where I was just waiting to hear. Like, I had done everything I could. And I was just waiting to hear from Ew. somebody, <laughs> anybody. And my goal <laughs> was to at least get an interview because I felt like if I can get an interview this year, then maybe, and do well, then maybe next year when it rolls around, if I don't get a job, I'll be on people's lists right. of who they're looking for. Um, and literally, the, and she was like, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. The next day was the last day before spring break. I get get to Leah's. We're hanging out. And around five o'clock, I get a phone call and it was a high school in our county wanting me to come in for an interview. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, Sorry, back that up. That was just a random email I got. That wasn't a phone call. My bad. (laughs) I'm already getting the story wrong. So I got an email saying, hey, would you like to come in for an interview? And I was super excited. So I go in the next week for an interview. Uh, Interview went okay. Like I didn't feel like I really impressed that much they asked me a bunch of questions that I kind of felt like I felt like there were obvious answers they were looking for right it, it didn't feel like an interview it felt like can you check off these boxes for us like mm. how much how much time and energy are we going to have to put into getting you up to speed okay. that's kind of how it felt like yeah um and I guess I checked off enough boxes um because they told me when I was in for the interview we've got another two interviews today after you and then after spring break, we have yeah. a few more. Oh and I was gosh. like, okay. And I was like, all right. And they said, so probably after spring break before you hear from us. So I was like, okay. So leave, you know, whatever. I was, uh, you know, I was like, I did, I did everything I can at this point. It's, right. who knows. Um, it's time to ruminate. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, th- I knew like, it's going to be like two more weeks from I'm going to hear anything or a week and a half. Right. 
two days later, this, this is the Friday before spring break. Okay. I get home to Leah's, get a phone call, and it's the person I interviewed with offering me the job. Hello. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And she was like, yeah, we just you know decided to go ahead and offer you the job and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm excited. And, um, and then I said, I, I'll be honest, I didn't expect to hear from you because you guys said you had more interviews. She goes, yeah, actually, we do. We have four more interviews after spring break. But oh. we want to go ahead and offer you the job. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well. There you go. Peasants. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I I did enough uh, to No, you didn't do want... enough. You're qualified. Yeah. I'm gonna smack you Thank in the you. Face. Thank you. That was very Betty of you, by that the way. That was very Betty. That was very Betty of you to affirm me. <laughs> Except like that. I was going to say, no, it was because you're, because you're qualified, bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> but Love yourself, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, going to be teaching high school next year. That's going to be fun. Yeah, you are. It's going to be a huge change, and you know it. And this is the this is the plight of people with anxiety. Good news comes, and then we start worrying about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we take about four seconds to celebrate, Yay! and then we go, "Oh God, what have I done?" <laughs> like so. Since then, I've been worried about a myriad of things. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like changing, you know, anybody who changes the job, you never know what's on the other side. You don't know right. management styles. You don't know culture. You don't know coworkers and that like relationship. You just don't know what's going to happen. And with teaching and especially I'll be changing schools and subjects because language arts in eighth grade is okay. kind of a different animal than a literature class in oh, high school. Yeah, sure. It's different. Um, so that's going to be an adjustment, you know, but I, I just keep falling back on. I also didn't know what I was doing when I started this job and it worked out. Exactly. So I just need to trust that I will make it work. Look at us in our hot hot girl summers. I know. Coming in hot. (laughs) (laughs) You you got a new knee. I got a new, I got a new ACL. Yeah. Got a new job over here. Yeah. What? So it's been it's been pretty good, yeah. But other than that, we've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, things just been busy. I feel like we've had a lot of stuff going on on weekends, yeah. things like that. But um, this past weekend was fun. We Leah went and chaperoned her prom <laughs> with a friend from work, and then Sunday we went to the Renaissance Festival, which was a blast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been going really well. Flower crowns and turkey legs. Yeah. That's Central. exactly what it is in a well, nutshell. I've been going to Hawks game after Hawks game after Hawks game. You have. You've been killing it. I've been living my best life. Yeah. They have um, game five tonight against the Heat. And uh, nice. we got to wrap this up quick. Taylor? <laughs> yeah, before we started this podcast, she was like, we need to hurry this up. There's a Hawks game at seven. So <laughs> you may end up getting a short episode. Priorities. Folks, who knows? Uh, yeah. So we. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, so it was, it's been good lately. So don't get us wrong, we're thriving, but we still have anxiety. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we of still course. have things to talk and complain about. Yeah. Well, what are we going to talk and complain about today, Kate? <laughs> Making me say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're talk about church, baby. We're <laughs> talk about church, church, church. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna revisit some church stuff. Uh, yes, today. that's a good word. We're revisiting. We're revisiting. And and this kind of popped in my head when Kate and I were talking about episode ideas because uh lately with Betty in therapy, we've been I've just pretty much it seems like whatever I talk about comes back to when did that stem from? And it always kind of <laughs> comes back to religion. Yeah. Um religion or your time in the church? Both. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, sometimes one or the other, but usually both. Yeah. Like, uh, doctrine, like teaching-wise, policy, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. And then also church culture. Right. How yeah. did we, a lot of times it's, okay, how did we play out that policy? How did it end up affecting me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, an example. Um, this is kind of like the main thing I like, was thinking of when I thought about this episode. Um, we were kind of talking about attachment styles which is sort of like how do relationships function in your life? Um, most people fall either into a category or a, a kind of a merger of two categories in those. 
Um, I learned that my style <laughs> is avoidance or uh, pleasing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a huge problem with avoidance uh, in my life, which I um, have has it has gotten way better the past few years. But that's because I put a lot of a lot of work into like yeah parenting myself. <laughs> um, when I was kind of at my most depressed. Um, and even the few years before it, going back to my example, and I've told you this example before, but going back to the example of getting the new job, the process of even me signing the form that says I want to transfer, I would have avoided and like just totally skipped, like not worked up the, like, I guess it's courage to do it. Yeah. Um, but, but even the things, other things I've avoided, didn't need courage. <laughs> it was like <laughs> even something is changed. yeah yeah yeah, literally, or calling my insurance because I need to ask a question about something right. or fix my you know policy or something like that. Right. Yeah, like I don't and I I told Betty I don't understand why I do it, and so we we worked on that a little bit and it was and it was eye opening, and the the biggest the way that comes out in my relationship style is um constantly worrying if people are mad at me Mm -hmm. constantly making sure everybody's okay and like withdrawing if i can't do that oh my god are we related i know (laughs) oh my god so um, we've literally had that conversation i'm pretty sure oh yeah for sure um and I'm aware that I do it, um, but it's only become the past few years that I've like been really cognizant of it and trying to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go back to like relationships and or, or when I go to my like my romantic relationships, it totally makes sense. Um, and then, but even my interpersonal, just normal relationships throughout my day, um, I feel like I defer to other people a lot, mm-hmm. like. Even something as simple as "What do you want for dinner?" I go, I don't, I don't care whatever you want. And and we talked about that, and I'll, I'll get into that part later. But just I defer. I I let other people decide because I don't want to make put them out by having by me suggesting something they don't really want, but then them feeling like they have to say yes oh, to okay. it. Yeah. Um, which is like why, <laughs> why. <laughs> Why have I thought about it that much to that degree? Like, right. well, I don't want to say this because I don't think that person really wants this. And I don't want them to feel like they have to say yes to this. Like, why don't I just say what I want? Yeah. yeah. And, and saying what I want is a problem for me. It's for losers, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said that to many. Yeah. Like, who does that? Like, I, I do, though. I have a problem, like, just saying, I don't want to do that. Or I'd rather do this, or I'd like to do this, or I don't want to eat that, or I don't want to go there. Like, I have a huge problem with that. And it's something that I've become, like I said, more cognizant of lately, trying to be, be more open and honest about. Um, but then we kept digging deeper, and it kind of all came back to... Part of it is my nature. Yeah. And then part of it... and That nature was then totally affirmed and utilized utilized by the church because what does the church teach you put others before yourself (laughs) serve others uh you know like right you know the the least of these shall be first you know that that whole unto others as you do yeah yeah, and and expect nothing in return and you know just and so when i found that i think i attached (laughs) to that because like i can be good at that Right, because I do that all the time, right. and not like in a, in a healthy way, like in a, because I'm terrified <laughs> of expressing right. myself. Kind Therapy, of like. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it, even like something like, you're the sheep and I'm the shepherd. You know, like, in in as far as like religious terms, I get it, but at the same time, like, here on earth in my daily life terms, <laughs> that can be a problem because right. then. I'm always a sheep and I never get to be a shepherd. Right. You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of how this kind of came about. But that is something yeah. that really like has stuck with me. And and they they continue to 
the church totally pushes that. Right. They push that. And then when those types of people who naturally kind of act that way come into their church, they're immediately put into volunteer positions. Right. Because we also can't say no. Yeah. They're immediately put into volunteer positions and will do a great job because they're worried about screwing up. Yeah. I mean, it, when, <laughs> when I started talking about this with her, like it all like fell into place. I was right. like, wow. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens. That's exactly yeah. what happens. That's why we have therapy. And I've talked to her before about like, why did I allow myself to get that sucked in at that level? Mm-hmm. And she was like, you were 17 years old. You had just lost two friends in a car accident. And then they saw that and they asked you to come in. And, yeah. And they what? they gave you this place to, pay, to play music that you loved. Oh, yeah. And you got to, you know, be the leader. And, you know, they encouraged you. They they invested in you. Like, of course, a seven, what 17-year-old kid wouldn't want to find that kind of environment? Right. And it just kind of again affirming like made sense uh in my brain finally yeah. as to why and i don't i'll preface this whole the rest of this podcast i should say um and i don't say i'm speaking for you but i, I feel like you agree i don't think any of that was like ill in, with ill intent no and we're not meaning this with ill intent because saying that a lot of our anxiety stemmed at the church we just learned a lot of it at the church I got involved when I was 13 yeah. and you were like, you were in high school. And so we're like late at late adolescence when you're at key priming stage. Right. You know? Um, and so it's not like a, uh, going out to hate on church, whether it be big C, little C church. It's, th- it's just where it hid in our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So that's just, it's just a, uh, coincidence. It's not coincidence. You know, it, it's that. it's like, yes, it's not intentional, but I think, like on ground level, it's not intentional. But I think the Big C Church, like you were saying, mm-hmm. has created a culture. Oh, Lord, yes. Where that where they are dependent on that. Yeah. And and that's that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you feel like we talked a little bit about your experience with that about? Going to church because you felt like you needed to please yeah. people and that kind of thing. Well, so like, let's go back, back to the beginning. Yeah. Back to when the earth, the sun, the stars all silly <laughs> <laughs> dove. Oh my all my God. girls will get it. Um, so you started going and I mean, I was like, well, he's having fun. I'll go. And I was in middle school and everybody else went to other big church near us but me and my girlfriend would go to our church and I mean it was fun like whatever they play games cool and um we that so we started like spring and then that summer which is a very bold move of me looking (laughs) back but I went to church camp yeah and um it was the one in Panama City it was big stuff big stuff okay um Big stuff itself was cool, whatever. Um, I felt very out of place, but I was brand new to all of this. Yeah. And cool, whatever. It was fine. Um, But I had an experience there, and I didn't realize until kind of later in life that that immediately set the tone for my relationship with church. Wow. Um, My friend that came with me, or let me preface or step back. I'll say this way. Cause it was not her fault at all. The youth pastor at the time or one of them, I don't know if he was the main one, um, came to me mm-hmm. and told me that I needed to talk to my friend about the shorts she was wearing. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I've been involved to church maybe like three months. Yeah. <laughs> A B. What about the shorts she's wearing? Yeah. Okay. Um, see, I'm 13. Like, what do you want me to say? They're cute. Yeah. Like, I like your shorts. Um, and it, I think it went back to a point of like, they're like borderline. Like she wasn't like anybody was asked to change. And 
I feel like someone had a conversation with her and to me that just pisses me off but that's more of my feminist side coming out um but I just like didn't get it yeah you know and I still don't freaking get it now about why girls can't wear tank tops in schools but don't get me started on that oh yeah we could do a whole episode about that um and so there was nothing wrong with them and I think they were saying they were like shorter and I'm and like now I'm looking I'm just like if there's a dress code say it like yeah you know what I mean but also there was nothing wrong and I mean I'm trying not to go down that rabbit hole of like maybe you should tell all the other boys that they should not look at her legs yeah. or something you know what I mean um but that kind of set the tone because that was my first react or first like issue I guess you could say in the church and, you know, me naturally, like you being like a people please, pleaser and not wanting to like get in trouble or anything. I just remember being like, mm, we didn't do anything. Yeah. Like. Kind of felt unjust. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, dude, we, did I miss the mark or the memo? And like, we have to wear turtlenecks and skirts. Like, what yeah. the heck? Um, and so that kind of, I don't know when that happened in the trip, but I remember from there on out, I was like, I don't think this is like what they're saying it is to be, you know, yeah. and the like, love everybody unconditionally and blah, 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 blah. As blah. long as they do this exact thing we want them to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then, then that, uh, and also it was completely inappropriate to ask a 13 year old to have that kind of like yeah. maturish adult conversation. Yeah. And then also try to articulate the reason why after you'd been going to church for three months. <laughs> right. Not to mention the reason was bogus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you want to come from that, like, I I totally get it. But you were trying to have me have a conversation. Yeah. And that's completely inappropriate. That yeah. does not meet developmental milestones. Yeah. That kind of sounds like uh, somebody passing the buck. Yeah. Who didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, if there's an issue, yeah. then maybe we shouldn't be having the talk at all. Yeah. Um, if no one wants to do it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that kind of set the tone. So then we go into the, where I've talked about the uh, years of like, okay, I'll go. Taylor's having fun. But that's like why I never want to go. And then I didn't have friends. And I was just like, no, they're just a bunch of, like, they're just going to like judge me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like my friend Arnie was, and she wasn't even the one going to that church. Right. It was like. And even from like a faith perspective. All right. You've, you've told me over and over again, I should bring people <laughs> like, so I did. And now this is what you're going to do. Not those people. They, they came to one thing. Right. And now, you know, it's like, hey, I might even be more invested. If my friend decides she wants to keep coming i might want to keep you know i'm going to want to keep coming because right. now i have somebody yeah and this could turn into a good thing but now we're going to pause and potentially destroy all of that mm-hmm. well they did they destroyed all that right. by going hey um <laughs> could you have a conversation with your friend about her shorts they're just a little inappropriate <laughs> you know like what it's like what what like <laughs> way to just like Ruin pull it. it up by the roots as soon as it starts to bud i mean like yeah like even from that perspective it's like what are we doing you know like and we've, we not to get on a tirade but <laughs> it's, it's so, so easy it's so easy to do that in this subject yes we talk about that in in education like there are all these rules that are completely unnecessary like you can't wear a hood <clears throat> can't have your hood up in class right why the only the only reason I've ever gotten for that is kids could put in AirPods and have your their hood on you wouldn't know and they're not even paying attention to class and that's a that's a problem. I have multiple things to say about that. A, if they're going to do that, they're not going to pay attention if I tell them to take their headphones out anyway. <laughs> Second of all, um, that's only been an issue with AirPods for a few years. <laughs> okay, it was still a rule when I was in high school. Right. Why? Right. Why? Why can't a kid wear a hat? <laughs> The reason that we used to get as a kid was it's a distraction. Yes. To whom? Yes. Is there someone who's never seen a hat before <laughs> that would be just so blown away by it that they could not function in school that day? You say my drip is too hard? Uh, that's what it really is. <laughs> that's it. These kids would be looking too fresh out here. Too fresh. Yeah. And we can't have that. I mean, don't get me started on the ladies. 
and their rules. I know. It's I know. stupid. But that's just, it's, and the reason it becomes a problem is a kid gets told over and over and over again, take the hat off, take the hood off, whatever. Right. And then, uh, then the consequence comes, you're going to have a day of ISS if you don't, if you don't stop. And then they, and then they do. And then he keeps doing it. And then they go, all right, we're sending you home for OSS. Right. So now a kid is not in class <laughs> and then not at school. Right. Because they wouldn't take a hat off <laughs> or a hood off. It just seems ridiculous to me. No, no, it's 100% ridiculous. Like, isn't the goal for them to be in class and learning? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's my soapbox of the day. <laughs> Thank you anyway. guys for joining us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, yeah. So, but, I mean, you're exactly right. So, I mean, it killed that before it ever got to blossom which in some ways i'm kind of thankful for but (laughs) so that's why i was never fully like interested and that's where betty and i kind of came to the conclusion she was like this whole theme is i don't think you were fully ever fully bought in yeah and it's like i didn't have a chance because once i saw that i was like well heck no because you know if anybody knows me knows like i'm very independent yeah i'm gonna do what i want um and it's like, no, I make responsible decisions. Like, yeah. and all of this is fine. You're just making an issue out of nothing. Um, and then so, and this is like a brief. So then they have that lull of like ninth and 10th grade of, I don't really want to be here. Taylor's having a good time. I feel like it's expected for me to go and have a good time. Yeah. All this stuff. Um, whatever. I fake, faked it till I made it through all of that. And... Then, like, junior year, I have some foreign exchange friends come, and we hang out at church because, like, their host home went to church. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, an easy way for us to hang out every week. And, I mean, I adored them. They, like, saved me through that, like, junior year. Yeah. And coincidentally, so, like you said, the more we're up there and the more you're engaged, then they see the volunteers. Mm-hmm. And then I got asked to do so many freaking different things that year. And yeah. to head up, but it was right. like, like we've talked about before, it was like assumed I wanted to do them. Right. And I mean, I always said yes, because why, why would I ever say no, you know? Right. Um, and cap and like essentially capitalizing on the fact that, that you won't say no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that I have friends there, so they know I'm consistent mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and I never felt comfortable doing any of it. I should go ahead and say, <laughs> <laughs> And, and it wasn't like a, uh, I wasn't a go-getter. I, I was very smart in high school, but I wasn't in beta club. I didn't need any of these like little community things. Um, so then I'm more involved and then something happens my junior year and I'm not going to get into it, but that's when I realized the more that you were involved and I was sucked in that I didn't know I was mm-hmm. to the fishbowl that we're going to talk about later. Yep. I was already in that fishbowl that I didn't realize I was in. That thing happened. And now I, I then I got to this public shaming yeah, um, event, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, and that's where I learned some like horrendous coping mechanisms um that like i still do to or used to do today like that we talked through in therapy of just like agreeing with people to get people off my back and um just kind of throwing my hands up the withdrawing like all of that stuff it was just like i didn't do any i literally didn't do anything yeah but everybody's mad and talking about me as if i'm like i don't know um so I make it through that, and then by that time, I was like, okay, well, if I'm people-pleasing, like, okay, well, I'll get more involved, and if I'm more involved, then people will start talking to me because it's as if I took off and put longer shorts on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, so I'm more involved or whatever, and I'm like, ooh, I made it out. So then something else happens, like my senior year, and... I literally had people talking about who I went to prom with. Really? Like, behind my back and to my face, 
in the most judgmental. Yeah, it's one of those things. The, scathing way. The behind your back and to your face thing is like, I'm not sure which one I'm more upset about. <laughs> it's like that you were talking about me behind my back or that you said that kind of crap to my face. Right, for me to hear. Yeah. Um, And so I went through another like public, like, why would you do that? What are you thinking? Yeah. Like all this stuff. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I was thinking that I wanted to have a good time and I did. I was thinking I was going to do what I want. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I was going to do whatever I wanted. But it came down to the point of like you have younger people looking at you. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> like, so I'm pre I'm speeding through this. Um, it was really bad. And it like, it, it didn't break my heart. It just pissed me off. Yeah. And I did the exact opposite of what I would have done now. And I just got more involved to get people off my back. Wow. Um, I did. I yeah. became a small group leader. I went to Romania, which I don't regret in any way, shape or form. Um, I became more, I just became more involved. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well that worked this time or that worked junior year. So I'm going to do this this year yeah. and then see how it goes. And looking back, it was probably like people were thinking I needed saving. Yeah. Or whatever. She's backslidden. I've backslidden. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Just the dumbest stuff. And so saying all of that to say I had the anxiety of I, I have resulted in like a huge anxiety with like public shaming making sure um i'm always like on my a game so i don't slip up yeah i prefacing i never slipped up people just like didn't fully agree yeah with what i whatever i did right being a teenager um nothing was ever an issue it was just people didn't like it and for some reason yeah um and then and then that created this like fear of disappointing others mm -hmm. because I was like oh well all these people I guess they really care about me because they're saying this stuff right and then I'm like in this weird thing it's like well I thought they really loved me mm -hmm. and then like I, I didn't do anything wrong that's an interesting point it's like are they saying this because they love me and it's and it's hard to answer that yeah. because I think they think they're doing it because they love you but if they loved you yeah they would want you to do, to no, be happy and to right. make decisions for yourself and to be who you want to be. Right. Yeah. If they loved you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it was, that was the thing too. It was like, I made a decision solely based on what I wanted to happen. And that's the ricochet. Right. And um, it was horrible. So that was now the second time that I'm going through this like, horrendous like whatever hanging in the town square <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's what it feels like yeah i mean i remember walking in <coughs> to church like that sunday or the next sunday and people just like looking at me and then yeah. that was when like people were like questioning everything and like all stuff. i'm just like buzz off yeah. I remember thinking that like I didn't freaking do anything. So what actually happened I went to the car and cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um so that's where a lot of like my anxiety from the church is stemming from. Mm -hmm. And um, and then not to mention, so that's more like kind of we were talking about church culture versus church doctrine. Mm -hmm. The doctrine side of all of this stuff, I'm now unlearning of. Yeah. Deconstructing. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, wait, no, that's bogus. And if somebody said that to Blair, I'd beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you bring up a really interesting point about the fishbowl because I think that yeah. was that's what really spawned a lot of anxiety for me. Like the it was like I said before, it was kind of already there. Yeah, the like people pleasing and the worrying about what what people think and that kind of stuff, and that anxiety was already there present in my life. And as much as they preach that faith is supposed to make you feel less of that way <laughs> all it did was heighten all of that for me right um 
And, and, and like you said, it was just like, I didn't realize that I was in the fishbowl until someone told me mm-hmm. or until I found out the hard way. And right. I think I've told that story before, <laughs> Oh yes. but it was the one where I had gone to visit some friends and who were at, at college who had just moved to college in Athens at UGA. Mm-hmm. And I went to visit and a girl was with us who was a friend of ours. She was supposed to stay somewhere else, couldn't and crashed on the floor in our friend's dorm room with us. Right. Like it was completely fine. She had nowhere to stay. Um, <laughs> Much less on a college campus. Yeah. God almighty. Like, what else was she supposed to do? And and then I was reprimanded for it right. when it was when it got released. And it and the way it got released made me furious because it was another high schooler friend of mine, quote unquote, had told another small group leader, who then told everybody. Right. And then. And then it became so talked about that it had to be addressed. And then <laughs> well, yeah. my leader had to call me and tell me, hey, um, you know, that wasn't cool. You're going to have to step down for a week. Right. And For doing nothing. For, for giving someone a place to stay. Yeah. Yeah. We have similar um, experiences with that. We're good kids. We, yeah. Right? I mean, like, we, we were yeah. always good I, kids. I remember feeling, like, devastated that I was, like, in trouble. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. Like, and then at the same time being furious with how it happened yeah. and not really understanding why, um, yeah. you know, because it was completely like developmentally inappropriate. Yes. Like you did nothing or like, so you're telling these teenage kids you did you like who did nothing Yeah. that they've made the wrong decisions. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, how do you not know this? <laughs> policy we have <laughs> you know it's right. like what i'm i'm like i'm 17 right and all of it or at least these comes down to that like purity culture like sex shaming yeah literally at the like farthest away example but i mean that's what it's like all rooted in yeah and we could do a whole episode on that <laughs> god almighty yeah um but yeah for literally doing nothing but from where these like the like I like the term ricochet the, how this ricocheted I remember being so afraid of is my shirt is my dress too short is my like neckline too low and revealing yeah. are is it are these shoulder straps okay are blah 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 because I already had kind of bigger boobs for my stature and then now i saw like my friend do nothing and kind of get called out on it right so then so that sets up a precedent for you right yeah Yeah. and i i mean literally that carries like until now like i'm still shaking that off and i don't want to hear they like oh you need to carry yourself like a lady and all that bull crap and whatever you can dress how you want yeah you know and you're not going to change my mind on that i and I don't even want to hear an example of like you're in church or whatever, because what the hell about come as you are? Yeah. Yeah. Come as you are, but not really. Come as you are, but you better change quick. <laughs> I mean, that's really how it is. Right. It's totally how it is. Um, you, you can, you, you can belong here for a few months and then you need to get like, a, <laughs> I mean, that's really what it you is. You need to get together. That's what it is. Um, yeah. And the way that the whole, incident I was talking about ended up affecting me was it showed me like everyone is watching you. Mm-hmm. Everyone is watching you all the time to, and they're, and some people are not just watching you. They're waiting for you to slip up. Oh yeah. And, and I remember being like, why? Like who did what? Like <laughs> why? Um, not to mention they're watching you for no damn reason. Yeah. They have no authority. Right. They have no authority in my life. They are not part of my life. Yeah, I, we are not breaking the law. We're not even friends, <laughs> right? Um, why? It's like I don't even know is you. This and you know they they point to all kinds of stuff in the Bible to justify mm-hmm. accountability and oh, it's and not church discipline and all this other stuff. And it's just it's not doing it's it does nothing for anyone's faith, right? No one, Kate, no one has a story about. Well, one time I went to youth group and my shirt was cut too low and my youth pastor called me out on it 
and it made me have a stronger faith in Christ. <laughs> that never has happened in the history of the church. Right. Ever. Yeah. Uh, so why? <laughs> right. Like, why at all does it happen? And the whole fishbowl thing, it spun out for me because then I, I became obsessed mm-hmm. with making sure it didn't happen again. And so the things I said, the things I did, the clothes I wore, the people I hung out with, the activities I chose to do on my free time. Yeah. Like the relationships I chose to get in or not get in more often not get in because Mm -hmm. if God forbid I like a girl and she doesn't go to church. Right. Heathen. Yeah. And I mean, I've talked about that with friends before. There are multiple relationships I never pursued because I was like, "Mm, I don't know. You know, she doesn't really go to church. I don't know how people are going to, or I don't know how my church family is going to really react to that. And you know, it, yeah. And I let it, I let it totally control the fishbowl totally controlled my life for a long time. Yeah. It's like a backwards thinking of how everybody's like, Oh, you just see my highlight reel on Instagram. You know what I mean? Right. It's the exact, like, it's the same, but different. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Um, it has a filter. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not making the choices that I actually want to take. And it's not because of my faith. It's because all of those faithers out there are <laughs> going to judge me and talk about me on Sunday. Yeah. It, it becomes not because um, I my faith calls me to do this and I feel passionately about it. It's right. it's because I don't want to, I, I don't want to deal with it. Right. I 100%. At the very least. Yeah. At the very least, it becomes I don't want to deal with it. Um, 100%. It was always, well, what? how does that look like on the outside? Yeah. Exactly. And it wasn't. Because of anybody else except for the yeah. bi- little C church. I would not ride in a car with just me and a woman Yeah. for a long time. I would always try to make it where there were somebody else. Right. Um, yeah. Like there there are countless ways that it played out for me. I, I Anybody who knows me <laughs> knows I love horror films. I love them. <laughs> I have since I was in middle school. I love yes. them. Um, I never got to talk about that. That was a whole part of my life that I just decided to not talk about or would talk about with like very safe people. Right. Like, you know, so it, it, because it was so looked down, oh, well, that's promoting witchcraft or it's promoting Satanism or, you know, whatever. No, it's just fun to watch. Yeah. You know, and it's a work of fiction. (laughs) It's a literal work of, it's a work of fiction. Yeah. But you can't be in that church fishbowl. Right. You can't be too far into the the middle of that bullseye. Right. Because once you get too close. Then you're the target. You're done. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works. Um, That was me with my early 2000s rap and hip hop. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on this. Oh, God. I, I wish I had a dollar for every single time a Christian man or woman has said to me, well, I just, I listen to it occasionally. I really like the beats. I'm like, okay, all right. We all like shaking it to the yin yang toy. I was about to say, come on now. We all like. We like to shaking it like a salt shaker. Okay, <laughs> we're from the ATL. Okay. Come on, Karen. We know you like shaking it like a salt shaker. <laughs> That's I specifically remember a sermon, whatever, um, youth group, and yeah. I don't think this person now would probably looking back agree with it. I don't know. But they were saying like, <laughs> and this was in my like ninth or 10th grade year. And I just remember sitting there with the biggest smirk and thinking like, this is all bull crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Ninth or 10th grade? You said? <laughs> These I've people are a, idiots. <laughs> I've always been a shit. Yeah. Um, but they said like, they played like a clip of an Eminem song. And they were like, they're literally asking you, or he's asking you to follow him. And like, oh my God. Like, you're yeah. like, if this is what you're listening to, then like, what do you think is going to essentially, it was just like, what kind of crack alley do you want to pick out for yourself for yeah. later on in life? Yeah. If you listen to this song, you're going to be a failure. Yeah. And yeah. It was just you're like, you're worshiping him and on and drugs. And yeah. <laughs> And I just remember shaking, or like smirking, shaking my head, and it was just like, my iPod is filled. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. 
<laughs> I turned it on now, and Hunter's like, "You listen to this?" It's like they're great. I'm like, "Well, heck yeah, I did." Yeah. Like, and I mean, I still always did because I just like I remember thinking like it. It is not an absolute. I'm not going to hell. Right. Because I like to listen to Young Jeezy in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it just, I remember thinking, like, what? And then it doubled down on the BS because that person knew those songs and would dance and laugh to them yeah. and, like, shake it with me. And so I'm just like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that yeah. was... It's like a layer of fakeness to the whole thing. Yeah. Because you're yeah. just kind of like, wait, what? Like, uh, just because I think a song, I like, like I like a good beat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody's met her dad, you know, like, you can tell him to start shaking it and he's going to start shaking his butt. Yeah. But, like, it, it just, like, that was just on the surface level of... I don't even know how to describe it. Like the yeah, it just felt very fake and un. All of it. Like ingenuine. All of like, the bullshittery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, that's like the only word I could think. When of. you were talking about that, something popped in my head that I had not thought about in years. <laughs> All right. Do you remember the skit guys? Yes. Those videos of the two dudes. Who would oh. do like little mini sermons in skit form? Yes, because they were at Big Stuff, I'm pretty sure. They, yeah, they used to come to Big Stuff. Yep. Right. Um, they had one called Just a Little Bit. Do you remember this? <gasps> no, but I know that song. It's a mess. Anything to do with it? 50 Cent? Yeah. <laughs> Are they doing a skit to 50 Cent? No. Oh, okay. It has nothing to do with 50 Cent. It's like, Come on down to church just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sing too much. We'll get copyrighted. Sorry, 50. I think you're hot. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, go on. Um, <laughs> um, it, the skit was about, it started off with like, you know, this, this, I don't remember the dynamic. It was like a father and son or two dudes. Or I don't remember. But the whole thing was he can, li I listen to whatever music I want because I just do it a little bit. I just oh, listen to it a little bit, right. or you know, I I I drink, but I just I just drink a little bit, or you know, or whatever. Right. And then he like presents these brownies, and the guy eats these brownies, and he's like, "Wow, these are great! What'd you put in them?" And he's like, "Oh, I put something different. Can you tell?" And he's like, oh, "I don't know, like, you know, like I can't tell. Is it more of this?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "Is it more of this?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "I put poop in it. <laughs> poop. There's poop in it." And he goes, "What?" And he the guy freaks out, and he goes, "Well, it's just a little bit." It's just a little oh. bit of poop so that, that I made you eat, because that's the same thing as listening to Eminem. Right, 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 right. What? <laughs> and that's, what? that's where it got everybody right in the gut. Oh, yeah. All those kids that you're putting this Everyone impression on. Everyone was saved. Right? <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Burning iPods in the aisles. <laughs> Who needs to dump their D4L CDs? <laughs> Tearing down their Katy Perry posters <laughs> in their rooms when they got home completely changed yeah this that that's but that's, that's the culture that's the culture is uh am i gonna do something to piss these people off that i've entirely wrapped my life around right that and that's the problem fine. right yeah that's the problem is like i when you when you get to that level of, of <clears throat> investment it's this fear of losing this thing you've invested into right of hey i my friends are all here my family goes here uh, my spare time is spent here. I can't do anything to screw this up. Right. So I'll just go along with what they want me to do. Yeah, because it's safer. It's and if that easier. means I just don't tell people that I love The Exorcist, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll just not talk about it. <laughs> like then I'll keep it for my and like and, and it's sad. That's sad in a way that people can't be themselves somewhere where they should totally be able to be themselves yeah you know because i think our family is very good at being yourself you know what i mean like does yeah. that make sense like yeah i feel like if i or big or I don't, I don't even need an example i know exactly i remember i <laughs> cussed her on somebody and dad was just like who gives a damn 
Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it just like, I feel like if we had told dad this growing up, he would be like, who cares yeah. what they think? But you're in that, you're thinking like, oh, there's these leaders and they love me and they're looking up for, uh, they're looking up to me right. and like, they're more quote unquote approachable than your parents, quote unquote. Yeah. And then so, okay, well, I don't want to tell them because I don't want to disappoint them. Right. You know, but then that's not. And that's not even getting into the problems with the power dynamic there. Oh. Like the influence and yes. the, the sometimes abuse of power. Yeah. Like that's uh, a whole nother layer. Yeah. And another huge way that this like presented itself was when I finally actually started like dating someone. <laughs> like, you know, I had a few relationships while I was in the church, but when I started dating the person who ended up, I ended up marrying and is now my ex-wife. Like there was all of a sudden this weird thing going on where everybody and their brother, well, not everybody and their brother, a few select people who to me were very important had a huge problem. And to this day, I still don't completely understand why. Because mm. I had done nothing. She had done nothing. It was just like a, and I think it really was like a, how Christian is this girl? And it was kind of like a, because you're a leader, you need a very Christian leader girlfriend. Oh. Is kind of how it felt. Yeah. And I still don't 100% understand why. But like, I lost friendships over that. Yeah. And I hate that. But, you know, it's it was finally a time where I was going, no. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me. There's no, There's nothing wrong with this relationship. You don't know shit. Like, about it, so back off. Right. And, you know, it, it, yeah. The fishbowl drove me absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. About that. You start to understand why flesh flop themselves out of it sometimes. Yeah. I'd rather die. Dried up behind the stereo. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, that was, like, another point I was thinking, like, my best friends, you know, or just my friends, like, in high school, are just, like, if they weren't making these strict like Christian decisions and like if they sampled a drink or two or something or other and it was just like, do I have to ditch them? Because like they're really great people yeah. and like their families love me and I love them yeah. and like all this stuff. But that just goes back to the, it wasn't developmentally appropriate. And that's where like a lot of this like trauma crap comes in. You know, of like expecting these big decisions to be made, expecting this like discipline, this responsibility, like all of it. And I remember even like deciding where I was going to go to school. Mm. It was kind of like, oh, well, if you went there, if you go there, then like you'll probably have to like join a sorority because otherwise you're not going to like meet a lot of people. And you know how that goes. You know, and I'm not a sorority person anyways, yeah. but it was just like, oh, what? Because they're known for parties? Like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, you need, to, you need to join a Christian group. A Christian group. That, you know, on-campus Christians. Yeah, no. Yeah, because they're a ball of fun. I'd rather pluck my toenails. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, It's just like, gives me the ick. Yeah, I was about to say icky. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it now. It it is icky, and again, like a lot of the a lot of the things that we're talking about came from people that we love to this day. Like, yeah, well, for some of them, for me, like yeah. you know, I, I respect a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the culture. Yeah, it's the culture that is created because in the same way that they put expectations on us, expectations were put on them mm-hmm. because of the culture. And yeah. the way that the big C church works. And that's ultimately what I have a problem with. Not not necessarily the people, but the culture. Right. Yeah. If there were like individual people like Yeah. Now there were some malicious people. <laughs> right. Much like the tattletale from when <laughs> the story I was telling earlier. You tattler. Um <laughs> still mad. Yeah. <laughs> still mad. Um Yeah. But yeah, that's ultimately why that kind of stuff goes on. But Yeah. But it just kind of, like, looking back at it now, um, 
I, it's, I don't let myself hate it or like regret it, but it does make me kind of wonder like what I would have not had to carry. Yeah. So young. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and like something like a 13 year old shouldn't have to be worrying about the size of their friend's shorts. Yeah. Or they're much less their own. Yeah. Like, and, and even it, like a 22 year old shouldn't have to be worried about making super mature decisions based on doctrine that they don't necessarily fully understand or agree with. Yeah. That they're still experiencing and yeah. like figuring out and all that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, you should like, it's inappropriate to be asking like, or to be like castrating 17 year olds because like they did nothing, but maybe on the outside, you didn't agree with it. Right. Literally for no reason. I mean, sometimes it just felt like I was in like a people magazine or not. I'm, no, I like people. Um, <laughs> like a tabloid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the sun. Yeah. Nothing against people magazine. No, I love people. I, t- <laughs> I recant it. I recant it. Holy. Um, yeah, but maybe I was in the sun or the national Enquirer, and it yeah. was just like, uh, nothing happened. And right. it, it honestly took, it took therapy for me to realize yes. and to be able to say out loud, like, no, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And honestly, neither did the other people that was involved. People just didn't like it. Yeah. So it was just like, what? And then, like, me having a kid, it makes me want to protect Blair from all of that. Yeah. You know? Right. And I And that's just where I sit today of this. I mean, that's just where I'm at. That's kind of the... Yeah. That's similar for me. I mean, I, I like you said, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, therapy is what it has taken for me to kind of start shedding that. I had already begun that process, but it definitely helps to have someone, a professional, help you walk through that. Because in this, like, there's similar things that, like, I have to, I examine, kind of pull out these pieces and kind of go, okay, was this a good experience, a bad experience, a good lesson, a bad lesson? Like, do I keep this or do I get rid of it? Right. And I'm still going, I probably will still be going through that process for decades. Right. Um, And the, this is something else that we didn't necessarily talk about, but it's, I mean, it's on the adult level of it all um I remember like as I was getting older and then you know the people in the church who are I don't just through conversation or whether it be a specific topic and like private conversation or just general small talk like you start figuring out like oh well they're telling me these stories of how wasted they were in college yeah or they're telling me this story about like how they always got with girls or like all this stuff and then you're just like you were just talking about me yeah for doing this yeah not even for doing that for like a bit i don't even like for doing nothing yeah for doing something way more minute i i mean i don't even know how to describe for doing nothing yeah and you're trying to judge me off of nothing and then like and then you're just over here like flippantly saying like all this crap and it's like oh but now i'm changed or yeah. it's like you get off easy it, because you're an adult. Yeah, you're, you're, what you're saying is like you hope that they would have a little more understanding. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> yeah. And your, you know, your leaders and your the mentors in your life would hopefully have a little more, you know. You'd be like, you know, understanding. Like, and you know, I grace, get it. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like they that preach. thing they that thing they talk about all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's the thing too. I've learned is like. And this is our experience. There was minimal grace from what I observed. From that adolescent teen into like early college, there was minimal grace. Yeah. Or even, yeah, there wasn't a, um, like going back to freaking church camp, there wasn't grace of, okay, well, she's a friend of of this girl who just started coming. And so like... Yeah, maybe I should get to know them. (laughs) Like, if I have to, if I really feel this up in arms about a pair of shorts, maybe I should get to know them. Right. And let that conversation come up naturally instead of accosting a 13-year-old to tell her friend that her (laughs) shorts are inappropriate. Right. Yeah. Um, And then just the, um, yeah, 
and it sh- it always pissed me off and this is from like the get go of how like of the nonchalantness of of people telling those stories and mm-hmm. then the freaking like havoc that would be wreaked yeah if somebody if somebody younger did that why is that yeah i don't know it's it's this like righteous indignation that's totally misplaced yeah you know i guess or just but. like now that like adults are involved in church and they can like reprimand their kids I, like I guess. to I take know. it out and be like i don't i don't know it just doesn't make sense to me and yeah it's we stupid. could we could do a whole episode about the whole purity culture piece and the 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 leadership dynamic piece and all uh, we could do. We'll have to sprinkle them in because if we do it back to back, I'm gonna stay mad. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think we could totally do a part two of this though. Oh yeah, and get into some of that stuff. Yeah, because I'm just now like pissed off again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hawks better win. That's all I got to say. Hawks better win. I'm gonna put on some Yin Yang Twins on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> And remember my prime. (laughs) Thank God I never ditched my iPad. That's right. Uh, All right, Kate. Well, I think that about does it for today. Yes, I do. Anybody listening, if you um, share these kind of stories or if you think we're, um, I don't know, if you want to call us out because you're mad. Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I totally know that there are people listening to this who have these stories. Because I know I I've talked to some of you and I know you, and I know some of y'all have stories like this. We want to hear them. We want to um, hear them. I'm and not saying we're going to blast them out on the podcast, but we would love to hear from you, um, just to have a conversation. Misery loves company. Uh, am I right? Completely off the podcast, we would love to hear from you. So send us an email at uh, slightlyunstablepod at gmail dot com or hit Kate up at the slightly unstable pod Instagram uh, page. Yes, and uh, let us know what you think. And, um, yeah, and thank you for listening to us. Yeah, we appreciate it. And if you guys can't tell, we're past worrying about what other people think of us. <laughs> we we totally don't care at all anymore. <laughs> we totally are fine. We don't care at all. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care about haters. We just got to let them hate. Yeah, that's totally how we feel. Yay. <laughs> Making up for lost time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Until next time. bye. Bye.